0: today on podcast number 134 we mentioned a recent study by institutional investors custom research lab and these folks found that only 30 percent of advisors offer tax optimization strategies for their clients and the study went on to say that approximately 70 percent said they might be willing to offer tax optimization strategies but it wasn't a high priority Today, we look at the best ways to incorporate tax strategies into your retirement planning. We start right now.
1: And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage.
0: And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams.
1: You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan.
2: We're going to talk tax strategies here on the podcast today. It is Money Matters USA. It is episode number 134 with Fred Sade. His firm is of the same name, Money Matters USA, a fiduciary firm, Fred, in the financial industry for years. He himself a fiduciary and holds a PhD in economics from Duke University and sharing and lending his expertise, his wisdom, his experience to this podcast every week in many areas of retirement planning. Fred, and certainly that includes taxes. Uh, We're going to talk about good proactive tax strategies today.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, I really, really find it hard to understand uh, how, if you're in the retirement space and you're dealing with risk management uh, and income, uh, the amount of money that you spend on taxes or lose on taxes uh, is, is a major um, component of uh, you know of your planning so I, I realize we're walking a fine line we're not doing tax returns but you really can't and shouldn't avoid doing uh, doing tax planning and looking at the impact of taxes uh, on the amount of, of income that you're going to have uh, as well as how long your portfolios are, are going to are going to last and, and where you're going to get your income from and the order of the sequence of, of, uh, of which assets you you tap for income and how should you hold different assets should they uh, should they be ta- all tax deferreds uh, should they be a mix of, of, of tax deferreds taxable and, and never taxed I mean those are the choices and uh, and they ought to be they ought to be uh, worked with. Uh, for uh, in, in order to have a comprehensive uh, strategy. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, one of the frustrations that, that I have, and I'm not alone uh, in this, is that when you're working with a CPA, most CPAs, their mantra is pay the least amount of taxes right now and let the future take care of itself and uh if i can get you a big refund well you know then i'm going to do my best to get you the refund understand where accountants are coming from but that's not proactive tax planning i mean that is doing a tax return and and your you know your value is how how can i get you to pay the least amount right now and get you the biggest refund and that's that's the mantra, and and that's not looking beyond uh, anything other than a very narrow frame, and that's my opinion. It's it's there are other people who will disagree with me, who who don't like to pay, and include planners who take the stance that they they don't like Roths. They're never going to deal with a Roth, uh, and they want to. Uh, you know, use everything in in tax deferrals with a small amount of of taxable, so in order to get capital gain treatment, and, and capital gain treatment can be a double edged sword too. So, uh, I, I know this sounds like, uh, you know, I'm standing on a soapbox. I'm not. Uh, I mean, these these are realities when you deal with with accountants, and and you have to pick and find accountants that are are not hostile. Uh, to the idea of, of using uh, Roths or using life insurance uh, for that uh, for that purpose uh, of uh, of generating uh, tax-free uh, tax-free cash flow, I, 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 it's not income that you get from a life insurance policy; it's cash flow, uh, and and because it's a loan, it's not taxed. But I think Roths are are wonderful. Uh, I think they 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 have tremendous value. Uh, and and I'm very much in in favor of them, and I know when you intersperse uh, roths with with tax deferreds and never tax that will give you the longest uh, withdrawal sequence that is that is to say your money will last for the longest period of time uh, with 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 that with that mix uh, but it doesn't last as long. Uh, if if you're just simply are, are trying to work with, with tax deferreds. And the other thing I'd say about tax deferreds is they're not really tax deferreds. Mm-hmm. They're really exemptions from current income because unlike... Um, a deduction, when you get a deduction, it's, it's done. That, that money is never going to come back and bite you. Again, on an exemption, it does come back because you're going to be taxed at a later time uh, at an unknown tax rate. And, you know, while you can argue that, oh, taxes in the future are going to be lower because I'm, I'm going to have less income and I'm not going to have to deal with taxes. Well, maybe for some people that may be true, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true for you. So this this is where the, these rules of thumb become very dangerous. That you only need eighty percent of your income, and if it comes from tax deferrals, well, don't worry about it because uh, you, you're going to be a low, you're going to be in a lower bracket. So don't worry about it. Well,
2: when looking at Roth, when contemplating Roth, what are all the considerations? What do we? What are all the things we do need to consider?
0: Well, you're, you're look. What is What's your tax? What I say bracket? Uh, that's that. That's a little dangerous because the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, took the um, process that is used when you take Social Security uh, and extend and brought that back into pre-Social Security. So the concept is one called effective marginal rates, and it also involves stacking income one on top of its other, and you, and you get what's referred to as the tax torpedo or the tax bazooka, mm. uh, where you get a tax rate that's actually higher than 100%. Yes, I said that you can actually be taxed above 100% in, in our tax code. And that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So we, the software that we use creates what is called the tax map. And that shows you what the taxes are, how your money uh, is taxed at, at, different, at different rates. And it shows you how uh, additional brackets are squeezed in uh, between the statutory uh, brackets. So when you're looking at that, you have to say, well, What's what's the rate? What is the absolute rate that I'm going to pay at right now? And you can that can be figured out. Uh, and then you say, well. I'm going to get I'm going to have to pay the tax now and I'm paying it at, an, uh, at a low rate. It's the lowest rate since 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 the mid 1920s, Mellon tax reform the average tax rate in the 20th century was seventy percent now we had uh, rates above ninety percent during the second world War and then it went back down to ninety percent and then we had tax shelters so effectively effectively the the, the real rate was about seventy percent until it was codified into you know into law um, the thing of it the thing of it is uh, you're once you pay that tax, that's the end of it. You will, they will never, you will never pay tax again on that money. Now, one of the criticisms that some accountants and planners make is, oh, gee whiz, you've got to hold your money for five years before you can get the earnings out. That's true.
2: The But gains you can always only, get
0: right. the principal at any time if you, if you need it or right. want it because uh, you've already paid tax on it. Now, the internal return on that is obviously going to be the same. In other words, if you took a taxable investment and put the same amount of money into it as you do in the Roth, and you had the same returns on it, the end result is going to be the same. It doesn't matter you know, what its tax status is, as long as, long as the ta- internal tax is deferred, you're, you're going to come out with the same result. Now, what happens after that makes a difference because if it's in the Roth, it's never going to be taxed. So it is it is a, a tremendous place uh, to stick a, something that you have a low basis in, move it into move it into the Roth. It might be something that you buy. It might be uh, now in the expectation that you're going to have growth. You might want to put uh, a, a growth annuity uh, into it you might want to put a passive index into it or maybe you want you know an actively managed index I, whatever whatever it happens to be maybe it's your favorite stock that you you think is going to go up 300 400 500 600 percent you know the next Nvidia whatever it might be mm-hmm. uh, but a Roth is the greatest place to put it because all that growth let's say you buy a lottery ticket and you put it in the Roth. And and you hit the lottery and and you know you get a you get a 1.2 billion, uh, and there's no tax on it. <laughs> right. So the the uh, to me the Roths make an enormous amount of, of sense. So the question, then be, then is that the, you can't recharacterize a Roth. In other words, once you do the Roth, it's all or nothing. You can't reverse it. So then it becomes a question of how much do you do this? Do you do this all at once? Do you do this over a number of years? Um, you take money out of a taxable account and if it's pre rmd uh you can take that money out and put it into a roth uh, so i i you know you you have to make assumptions about about taxes and if you are honest with yourself and i know that there are people who would disagree with what i'm about to say but if you're honest with yourself taxes have no place to go except up um Now, obviously, it depends on who wins the election Mm -hmm. this fall. But the Trump Tax Cuts, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, is set to sunset in another year. And while parts of it.
2: 2025, is that it? Yeah, at the end of
0: 2025. Now, parts Mm -hmm. of it may not sunset uh, because there there are pieces of it that are being deconstructed right now. And then, uh, but. It's hard to know what what will what will happen uh, on this. Uh, surely um, we're going to have to have some rejiggering of this thing because the the deficits are so great, the spending is so great. It's impossible. It's impossible to keep this to keep this up when with the higher interest rates and interest rates are are trending up again this morning. Uh, because you know, there's more inflation. Uh, inflation took a brief holiday, and now it's back again, which is pretty much the way things work. Um, and so to assume that you are going to be in a lower tax bracket or taxes are going to be lower... Uh, is, is that's that 's a huge assumption mm-hmm. and and you can 't just ass- assume that that 's going to be the case and you have to remember that the effect of marginal rates are are, are going to be there to trap you and uh, so once you turn social security on there 's no escape from that and uh, and capital gains uh, depending on how they 're harvested and when they 're harvested <clears throat> have um unusual uh, effect it, it can uh, money that might come through at a zero capital gains rate can actually push more income into into the effective marginal rates, and that capital gain would not would now be taxed at fifteen percent. Uh, and the reason for this is just simply how how the effective marginal rates operate, where they push income forward. And, and, and continue to stack income higher and higher, and this is this is this is a tax problem that you're not going to be sol- not going to be solved. You know, by argument that rates will be lower, my income will be lower, and uh, no matter what happens to the rates, I'm going to pay less in taxation, and that's not necessarily true. So ha- having uh, assets that are not going to be taxed uh, makes an awful lot of sense now you know a, a lot of a lot of people want to um, you know at the end of the year they want to do tax law selling and uh, you know for them tax alpha if I uh, you know is is for them it, it means uh, pushing money to be in to be taxed at capital gain rates but as I've just said uh, capital gain rates can have uh, effects that you don't normally, uh, anticipate, and and so that's not necessarily the greatest strategy. Though people are going to do that, no matter no matter what I say, they're, they're still going to do tax harvesting uh, for uh, for capital gains. To, to, and for them, that's that's their version of tax alpha. My version of tax alpha is completely different. My version of tax alpha is, is how do you get uh, forty fifty uh, basis points uh, of additional. Uh, Income without that income being taxed, and how can you do that successfully uh, every every single year? And it is possible uh, to do that with proactive uh, retirement tax planning. So for me, those are the you know those are the considerations. Now, if you're pre-RMD, you can you can do a net Roth conversion. In other words, you can take some of that Roth, some of the money. Uh, from your qualified account and use it uh, to pay uh, for the conversion. The, there's a catch here. You have to be 59 and a half or greater. If you're not 59 and a half or greater, uh, you would be. You can't use a net a, a net approach because it would be considered a premature distribution, and you would be taxed on it. So you have to be. You can do it, but you need to be above 50. You need to be 59 uh, and a half. Uh, so uh, I mean, these are these are the considerations for me. And then we just run hypothetical uh, scenarios that we at, at for how much we want to convert and how and how many years we want to do it, and how many years do we have to uh, to actually do it, and we can we can anticipate. Uh, through the hypotheticals uh, in and what the tax impact is uh, is going to be, and uh, I, I I'm a great believer in, in Roths, and nothing nothing is going to convince me. Now another objection that you sometimes get: somebody will, you know, we do a presentation, and somebody will say, "Well, I'm 75 years of age, uh, should I? I'm too old to do a Roth." No, uh, nobody's too old. To, uh, to do to do a roth, you can do a roth at you know at at any age uh even if you're eighty or eighty five you can still do uh, a roth uh so what's the worst thing that can happen so you die and the and the asset will come back how are you how are you any worse off right you if, still uh, think
2: of your legacy with yeah in that regard
0: i mean if if you if if you and if you're married uh you really have to think about this fairly carefully. Uh, because one of you is going to outlive the other, and uh it's probably the woman who's going to outlive now is that true every case no, but for, for the most part, you have to plan uh, on that uh, basis, so you need to make sure that the surviving spouse has has assets above and beyond or an asset that that uh, he or she can tap above and beyond uh social security. Uh, and, and Social Security well, with the widows uh, or the survivors' benefit, but usually it's the widows' benefit, that has its own uh, problems in in how uh, uh, there are issues with how Social Security Administration administers that and the advice that the employees are trying to give uh, uh, survivors when, when they want to claim that benefit. So, I mean, those are, to me, uh, those are all the... Considerations. I remember, you know, it's been attributed to Bernard Baruch, who supposedly the the financier, uh, who supposedly said, "It's not what you earn, it's what it's what you keep." Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that on every tax deferred, uh, Uncle Sam is your partner. Uh, so uh, you have to assume if I have a hundred dollars. For sake of argument, seventy-five belongs to me, and twenty-five dollars belongs to Uncle Sam. Now, the net it might be sixty dollars for me and forty dollars for Uncle Sam. But let's just do seventy-five, twenty-five. And Uncle Sam can wait. Uncle Sam's going to get the money that is due the government. Mm-hmm. And and you and when you're planning, you really have to plan for the net amount that you that you have. So another reason for doing a Roth. Uh, is because you the once you do it, you're going to have hundred cent dollars plus the earnings on those dollars. I and like hundred your dollars. Yeah, is no, yeah. not your partner anymore.
2: Nice, got to buy out your partner then <laughs> in your yeah. retirement. Uh, Fred will talk to you about Roth and what's good for you uh, if you schedule with him. We'll tell you how to do that in a second. And also, we're not done with taxes. Uh, Fred has four practical strategies to help you with taxes. We'll dive into the particulars of a bill also that, if passed, and it's very early, uh, has the potential to change the landscape of Social Security as we know it. So all of that is coming up on Money Matters USA. now a nightmare retirement consultation. Yeah, no pain, no gain, right? No risk, no reward, right? We're going all risks, see? We're going to put everything you got in the market. You're going to love it. Don't walk, run from that office and go to your future retirement partner who has your best interest in mind with a retirement plan that includes growth, protection, and income so you can sleep well at night. Call Fred Sade at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. You know, the number you just heard for Fred, that's wherever you are listening to the podcast. We have people listening all over the country and even really all over the world to this podcast available wherever you download your podcast. Also at moneymattersusa.net. That's Fred's website. It'll link you there as well, because there are, as we mentioned earlier, 133 other podcasts to listen to. We've had special guests on the podcast. We've definitely carry, uh, covered lots of different topics as related to retirement planning. You can scroll through uh, the menu and listen on demand, moneymattersusa.net. While you're there, be sure to click the red light tab and learn about the Fred's red light on the dashboard program. That's at MoneyMattersUSA.net. Fred talked a lot about Roth in the first segment of the podcast today, and it'll come back into this. But, Fred, in looking at all the different tax-efficient planning options, what's available? And I know you'll want to revisit Roth a little bit here, because that's certainly one of the big ones.
0: Yeah, it it, it is. Um, you know, you can do an individual Roth or you can use the Roth 401k options uh, companies are permitted to do a match now uh, if you contribute uh, to, to a Roth the um, company's not required to do that but if, 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 your, if your employer does uh, create the Roth you can you can do it that way and you can get the match to to the 401k uh, Roth. Now, you should be aware that, um, that a Roth 401k is not identical to an individual uh, Roth. And at some point, you, you have more flexibility with the individual Roth. And it's, it's a good idea at, at some point to move that into an individual uh, into an individual Roth, where you where you do have a lot more flexibility with it, uh, if you can afford it, um, you know that Congress did not change the age on on doing qualified charitable distributions, and, and you if you Google it, you'll find QCDs, that's still at seventy and a half, where you can. Put uh, up to one hundred thousand. Actually, it's a little higher uh, now. It was indexed for inflation, but let's say it's one hundred and four thousand, uh, which is the number. Uh, and you can make, the, you can give that to any charity that you want. And it's it's actually much more effective to do it that way than just to, to write the check. Uh, because it reduces your IRA balance by the 100000 and it also counts uh, as, a, uh, as an RMD. So you don't have to do anything further. Now, I talk to accountants all the time, and so here, here is a gem that I'm going to give you that maybe one in 100 accountants is aware of. You can take fifty-four thousand three hundred some odd dollars from that hundred thousand and create an income annuity for yourself. A charity has to agree to it, so they can buy a commercial annuity for that amount of money as a single premium immediate, and they can pay you an income. Uh, they keep the they would you know keep the rest of the of the money, or you can designate other charities for it to go to but you can get it you can get tax-free income from that 54000 get the RMD credit and reduce your account by a $100,000 so when I talk to accountants it's about one in a hundred has ever heard of this strategy but it, but it is available it's in the law it's absolutely legal Another thing is Congress in this correct 2.0 did a $50,000 QCD. I don't believe that anybody is going to do that. And the reason is, I'm not sure why they did the $50,000, I guess, for egalitarian purposes, but it makes no sense because it costs some money to set up the QCD. Uh, So if if you're going to do $50,000, uh, you do a cost-benefit analysis. You wouldn't do fifty thousand; it's too expensive. So it's really for the for the hundred thousand indexed for uh, inflation. Uh, you can you can do Roth contributions depending on your on your income level, and you can do Roth conversions. There is no income level uh, for the for the Roth for the Roth conversion. For higher income people, you can you can do the backdoor. Uh, conversions and, and um, in simple terms, it's basically you do a non-deductible contribution, you convert it to an IRA, and then convert the IRA uh, to a Roth. You've, you've, um, uh, you've already paid the tax because the deduction is non-existent. You're, you're over the you're over the limit uh, on that. So uh, th- this is an effective uh, strategy. Uh, and it's particularly effective if if um, if you work for a company where the contributions aren't quite that high, and you're a higher income uh, person, and um, you've gotten money back uh, because the uh, uh, testing that was done by the uh, your outside firm that does the does the testing. Uh, to see that you're within the uh, regulations, uh, so this is this is an opportunity, you know, for you. That of course assumes that uh, the firm you work for uh, has this option available. Many do, but there are other firms that say that they're not going to do that. They don't want the administrative overhead, and the administrative burden, and the responsibility of doing it. You want to do it? Go ahead and do it uh, on your on your own. Um, could uh, you? You know, you you, you could um, uh, purchase, and, and this makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I you know a lot of people think that life insurance, the only purpose of life insurance is to protect against premature death uh, when you and your spouse are young and you got kids uh, at home. But life insurance is useful uh, throughout your life, though the purpose may be different. Uh, if, if you have life insurance, you have a license to spend because life insurance is going to uh, replace—it uh, becomes asset replacement. Even if you don't want to go do that, uh, a second-to-die survivorship life insurance policy still makes a lot of sense because you can then provide the legacy for your kids and grandkids uh, by, by the use of the life insurance policy, and it's a lot cheaper to buy life insurance because you always, you're always buying dollars at a discount. You're never going to pay 100 cents. Uh, on on the dollar, uh, Now, uh, under secure act two uh, annuities can be used uh, inside of qualified uh, plans. We're starting to see some of them uh, they're usually single premium immediates. and um, and you can also do deferreds. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the purpose and the use of single premium. Immediates, and there's a lot of false comparisons uh, to uh, a bank account. Uh, most of the single premium immediates that we see uh, are, have a refund uh, option on them. In other words, if the insurance company pays out less money than you paid in premium, the survivors get, get the difference uh, back. Interest rates are, are high now. Uh, so the payout rates... Uh, in immediate annuities are high now. N- not every company is manufacturing uh, annuities for it to be placed in qualified plans. It, there are there are a handful of companies uh, that are that are doing that. Some may do it. Some may not. Uh, it's too early uh, to tell. But the Secure Act, the original Secure Act, required an employer to not only tell you the cash balance in your plan but also to tell you the equivalent income value. Uh that's not the same thing as an annuity. So uh I mean there is an opportunity but but anybody who's looking at that would be well advised uh to consult uh with with somebody who's using uh software that will look at uh the broad range of, of annuities that are that are out there and to see uh which product makes the the most uh the most sense. Um, I I think I think that these are most of the options. Now there there are there are uh, income there are annuity trust uh, options. Uh, one the one that make, that might make the most sense for people uh, is to have a variable payout, which which can be adjusted uh, upward, uh, and, and that would take infla- uh, advantage of the inflation. Uh, that we that we have it's very hard to wring inflation out once it rears its head and uh you know unfortunately the treasury continues to print money with abandon and so it's not a surprise that inflation has gone back up again we we had a respite uh but uh, it's there it, it's uh, goods inflation and services uh inflation and uh i'm looking at my terminal uh today, and i I see uh, that um, that there's concern in the equity uh, markets because of the elevated level uh, of uh, uh, you know of inflation. Um, the only other thing is that a couple of weeks ago Dave mentioned the uh, You earned It, you keep it uh, act uh, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Uh, because it, um, it it addresses the uh, issue of uh, social security, and and this would as proposed in this bill. It's a proposed bill. It's not law. Only uh, in the was, House
2: now, too. It's just.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I don't imagine. I, I suspect it's going to die uh, in this session. I mean, you know. There's this other thing you got Congress has 10 years to do something about social security. Now we're we're up to 12,000 people from 10,000 we're now at 12,000 people retiring uh, every day so Oh it's, it's 12 now. Yes, yeah, 12 now. Wow. So, so, yeah, so what, uh, uh, what yeah are the
2: challenges should, that social security faces for those who may not know in 10 years.
0: Well, you know the 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 choices you know the cho- the choices are very nasty. Uh, you know because you have fewer and fewer people working to support people who are retired. That's true in every Western or Westernized uh, society. So I mean, uh, you know, if if Congress if Congress acts quickly or appoints a commission, and I'm very suspicious about commissions, but if Congress does that, then. You know, you can pretty well guess that what they're going to come in is more taxes. You know, lift the cap on on the payroll tax, uh, and 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 do the same thing that they did with Medicare, so that there's no end uh, to the tax. They, you know, under uh, under the uh, "you earn it, you keep it" uh, act, uh, they have that two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollar. Cap uh, in it so that if you're above 250, you 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 will never stop paying uh, tax. So and it
2: eliminates proposes eliminating taxes on social security altogether, federal taxes.
0: Yeah, but it it, yeah um, the but it, it doesn't eliminate the payroll tax.
2: No, no, just on for beneficiaries.
0: Well, you know, I I think frankly, I think that should be done irrespective of, of your income level, because, mm-hmm. you know, calling self-security a contribution does not make it, you know, uh, you know it, it, it's still it, a it's, tax. It's not right? a tax. It feels I like mean, a tax. It is a tax. You pay yeah. your tax, paying right. the payroll tax. So calling it a contribution doesn't change the fact that it's a tax. It's so not a you,
2: voluntary contribution.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, when Warren Buffett writes a voluntary check to the Treasury, then I'll be a believer. Well, that's what what I'm saying is it's uh,
2: not—they call it—you know, it's it's, a—it feels like a tax.
0: It is a tax. It is Uh, a tax. Oh, it is a tax. Roosevelt uh, um, was advised to call it a contribution because he didn't want to call it a tax.
2: Right, right, exactly. Well, so basically, and like you said, this may not even get out of the House, uh, but—so it does propose eliminating all federal taxes on Social Security benefits starting in right. 2025 and then raising that amount that people can make before becoming exempt in a year from the payroll tax for the rest of the year to 250,000 right. if it passed as it is it would extend the solvency of social security payments through 2054 but i mean you know how things work in congress <laughs> yeah. even if it did pass it wouldn't pass as it is
0: no 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 it would it wouldn't my my concern uh, you know there are some other things they could do. Right, right now, Social Security, as it was reformed in 2015, uh, changed the percentage of income that the lower earner can get from Social Security as opposed to the higher earner. So people at the higher earning levels are already disadvantaged in Social Security. So I, you know, so with without without reforming. I hate to use that word, without looking at the way in which Social Security grows its money, I mean, we're just using, um, you know, Treasury bonds. Um, And if we did something else, in other words, why not backstop Social Security with Treasury bonds? So what we'd be saying is you can never earn less than, I don't know, pick a number, 3%, 3 3.5%. Uh, because of the treasury bonds but but then you take a piece of the rest of the money and you invest it in in some uh, indexes and and you know and you, you could you could do these in protected indexes where you would floor out uh, the amount of loss uh, that you would be exposed to so I'd say it's ten percent twenty percent and and this this would at least give the potential uh, of some earn, higher earnings in in some uh, you know, in some years, and and I think that is a that is something that needs to be done because you can't, you you just can't rely on on more taxes, you know, and uh, and and um, you know, and then you go to okay, uh, you don't need social security, so we're going to knock you out of the of the system, but you can pay tax, you know, into the system, but you can't get any benefit out of that. I mean, that's, isn't that taxation without representation? Yeah, seems like it. I, I think that's grossly uh, unfair. And uh, if, if we're going to be—I mean, if we want voluntary compliance with the tax system, the tax system has to be seen as, as being fair to, to everyone. Otherwise, you, you just incentivize people to avoid paying taxes. And and so when, when taxes were, were, you know, much higher, the tax shelter industry flourished. I mean, you still have people who, you know, have money overseas, and, and, and if they can hide it, they'll hide it. Uh, if they get nervous about it, you know, they'll turn themselves in and pay the tax on it, and the, and the Treasury will waive the penalty. Uh, we have tax treaties with most countries uh, in the world, and— um, um, and, you know, if you want to sleep at night, you do this. If you don't, you, you know, go to Luxembourg or Panama or both, you know, and, and just take your chances uh, that you'll get away with it. And uh, Panama has been cracked once, um, but Luxembourg has never been cracked. And I assume that for some people there's still secrecy in Swiss bank accounts and uh, Swiss so, I was somewhat intimidated by our treasury, but not, but not completely. Luxembourg is not intimidated by our treasury, and neither is Panama. So the yeah. crack, the crack there was, uh, you know, in a law firm that uh, that that managed accounts for people, uh, and was the address of record. That they're the they're the ones who gave up some information. So I, I, you know, I I just think that ta- taxes need to be perceived as as being fair and equitable uh, other, otherwise and and at well, they have that, to be well yeah i mean uh, you well, know another we, thing too
2: fred i've heard someone speculate on on this we well, not speculate but um, lay out concern i should say with the kicking the can down the road with just social security is the fact that um if they're thinking they're going to just lay it all on younger people who's getting ready to come into power millennials yeah. Even yeah, more in power. in 10 years, they'll be even more in power. Yeah. So I, kicking the can yeah. down the road is not going to help. I mean, if no. you're going to, and I'm not saying stick it to that generation, but if you're going to stick it to them, you better do it now. <laughs> because yeah. they're going to be more in power in 2033. And I'm not suggesting do that. But just kicking the can down the road is not the solution.
0: No, it's not. And, you know, let's not forget that Medicare is in dire financial condition. Yeah. So that has to be—that's that's even newer. I mean, you're talking two years before Medicare is insolvent, and we're not getting enough conversation about what to do with Medicare. I read some stuff. Uh, I mean, there's conversation going on, you know, in Congress. There are lobbying groups that want to do something about Medicare, uh, assure its solvency, uh, but uh, there is no agreement on, on, on what to— you know, on on what to do, and and increased socialization, you know, of medicine doesn't help. I mean, I was just looking at some numbers uh, from the U.S. government on the amount of of medical debt that that people have, and and some people are rating their 401K plans to to uh, pay off that debt. The average debt is ten thousand dollars, but significant uh, debt above that uh, starts to crystallize around forty thousand hmm. wow. uh, dollars. And these are people who have health insurance
2: with health insurance. Wow.
0: So so the health insurance is not paying for it, uh, or they're in a um, HMO that's not going to cover this doctor that's out of network, mm-hmm. uh, or they're in a an advantage. The Part C Medicare plan and and the plan wouldn 't cover you know the outpatient uh, the outpatient out of network uh, some other state uh, benefit yeah so all of the all uh, Medicare has to be addressed uh, as as well, and the solution to throw more people into it doesn 't necessarily solve the problem all it, all it means is that you get rationing mm-hmm. and every time you get government health care, you get rationing as to who gets care. Uh, Who does not get care and what the level of care uh, is is going to uh, be? So this is very uh, concerning. And uh, I think I've mentioned this once before, twice before, that if you go to uh, there's an older program on Frontline and they show how, how the British health system deals with with people who they have determined has no further human life value. Uh, human life value Who determines there's two that? forms <laughs> of capital there's human life capital human life value and there's financial value uh, the, when you're young you have a lot of human capital very little financial capital and as you get older you you replace human capital with financial capital mm-hmm. eventually you have virtually no human capital left because it should have been transferred into financial capital uh, and, and the British system then evaluates if, if you're at zero human capital, they're not interested in spending money to keep you alive. And mm. so uh, you can you can watch the front line, this front line, which which is an expose on the British system, and they use the buttonhole camera until until some. Uh, administrator caught on to what they were doing Hmm. but you but you have curtains up they look like shower curtains there are people behind it. they look like they were coming from auschwitz uh they they were being starved to death they were all bone and that's what they were being denied food they were they were allowed water but they were being starved to death Wow, you said this
2: is on Frontline. If you yeah. can find it,
0: it's an older Frontline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about assisted suicide uh, in uh, on the continent in the Netherlands, and and about uh, the British health system how it how it deals with people who have have no further human life value.
2: Okay, I'll have to search that. I was actually searching it now. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how just if I can be successful in this.
0: Okay. It's there. Uh, I, I would I'd be very surprised. i I re-watched it again a couple of years ago, and it was, it was just as uh, shocking. Uh, and the front line, crew was thrown out of the uh, hospitals one of the main hospitals in in london when you see it it's shocking just shocking
2: i'll have to start i'll search that uh and see if i can find love to watch that um well there we go and we don't know we do face challenges as fred said with medicare in addition to social security uh best thing to, to do is to just get yourself planned the best way you can for you and that a good start to that would be reaching out to Fred. You can do that with a call to 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Or you can visit the website and that is moneymattersusa.net. If you do check out the, the other podcasts there also, um, the red light program, definitely click on that and learn about the red light on the dashboard program. MoneyMattersUSA.net. More important retirement information coming in our next podcast, and they come down every week. Fred Sade and Money Matters USA.